When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. We have got a lot to get through today. There's been lots of football action and joining me to do so, we've got Shaka Hislop, Stevie Nicholl and Casey Keller. We'll be hearing from Nader Manua in just a minute too because Manchester United beat West Ham 3-1 to progress to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Even though West Ham went ahead first in this one through Saeed Benrahma, an own goal benefited Manchester United to level things out through a guard. Garnacho with a wonderful strike on the 90th minute and then Fred got in on the action too. It now means Manchester United will play Fulham in the next round. Nader Manua was at the game for us today. He was pitch side for it. Now he's outside Old Trafford. Tell us more about what that atmosphere was like today and what had to be a comeback win for Manchester United, Nader. Yeah, it's a good spot, by the way. They have kicked me out. They said enough is enough. Um, and I think as well for this game, I think West Ham started really well. Speaking to David Moyes uh, after the match, he felt that West Ham deserved more as a great chance for them to win. And I think that showed in some ways that United weren't really at their best, but they found a way to win. And speaking to Maguire afterwards, he was saying how the biggest thing really was to try and understand what it takes to win. You know, they do care about performances, but between now and the end of the season, it's about getting those wins. And they found a way to do it. And there were huge celebrations at 1-1, at 2-1, even at 3-1, because they know the importance of just being in the hat for the next round. And they certainly did do that today. It wasn't perfect, but you know this is Manchester United that it is at this moment in time, whereby they find ways to win. It isn't always perfect, but it's winning football. The win against Barcelona, the cup win on the weekend, and now getting a chance to get that little bit closer towards another another title. So, fair play to them. The place is rocking. There's a huge sense of expectation, and they're managing to do it, whether it's uh, beautiful or just like it was today, where all you need to do is just find a way to beat the opposition. Naden, we heard you speaking to Harry Maguire after the game and he was quite level-headed in saying that there will be some slip-ups along the way now with what's left. It just doesn't feel like it with this Manchester United right now. It feels as though everything's going their way. Yeah, it certainly is, but I think it's very easy to become a prisoner of the moment and just to think that, you know, we'll continue this way because that's what's happening right now. But the league is a very, very competitive league. I think you look at the fact that they're playing Liverpool next, I think, in, in the league, and it's away at Anfield. Liverpool have not been fantastic this season, but do you really bet against Liverpool to find a performance just against one of their, against probably their biggest rival in football? That wouldn't surprise me. But I think he, he's level-headed. He's been in the game for a long time. The other players around him have as well. And they don't expect to win every game. They do attempt to do that. But understand that setbacks will come because that's the nature of football. It's a very, very competitive league. And even if you're at your best, it doesn't guarantee that you'll win. So I liked what he was saying. And when he was saying it, I know that like he believed it. And so as a consequence, it's easy to understand that you know they got into the position not by just expecting good things to happen, but by working hard at it. And if there is a setback like we saw today when they went 1-0 down, just find a way to get the result. And if it, doesn't, if it wasn't to be today, then I think they would have moved on just fine. What did this latest win tell us about Manchester United, Stevie? That they have a real culture uh, of winning under Ten Hag. You watch them playing, and regardless of the score on the field, when you're watching the game, 
you feel as though Manchester United are going to either get back into it or win it. Um, and that's what happened today. You know, they got back in it. They, as Nadam said, they started well and then they kind of fell asleep. Yes, David Moyes will be disappointed because they did have some opportunities. But you know what? That's why you have a goalkeeper. De Gea made two saves from Mikel Antonio, but that's what he's paid to do. And then, of course, when the question was asked, when they went 1-0 down from a great Ben Rama goal, we got the answer. They absolutely changed gear, turned up the pressure, and it was as much the pressure they put on West Ham as the stylish attack in football. Garnacho's goal was a great goal, but it was really all about squeezing the ball, winning the ball back, putting that back line under pressure, and then just creating havoc as, as often as they could. And then from there, you have to take your chances. And that separates the two sides. West Ham never took the chances they had, and Manchester United, with a little help from an own goal, they did the opposite. So in the end, Moyes will be disappointed, yes, but I think by the final whistle, I think the better side won. In, in the post-game interview, Eric Ten Hag spoke about this team's character. And my big takeaway from, from this game, if not this entire week about Manchester United, is that this team has character. When they found themselves down, when they found themselves in need of a result, of a performance, when they've just needed to, to shut up shop and keep things tight, they've been able to do that. And I'm not sure that we've been able to say that about Manchester United um, for quite some time. Without the manager having to, to issue instructions or make changes, this team, these individuals, have recognised what's needed of them and stepped up. And he was able to rotate too with the players that he had and I suppose that's a great sign that you can get the results. Yes, granted, you had to bring some of those players. Well, I was, yeah, I think that's a key point is he was able to rotate, give them time to see where it was going to go, but then in the end, obviously, the introduction of Casemiro made a massive difference. And when you can, when you have the luxury to bring in a player of that quality, Rashford came in, did his job, Fred came in, got a late goal. So yes, the subs definitely changed it, but it gave them the time, the little bit of a break to come in and then make the difference. Because I mean, you heard Ten Hag talk after the match. The squad is going to be key. And Harry Maguire talking about the squad being key. And obviously they were able to get the job done again today. Nadem, just because we saw that goal from Garnacho, it's very understandable why there has been this excitement around him and why they've also had to ensure that such a young player maintains his focus on the game too. Yeah, that, that's true. I think some of the stuff that was happening at the start of the season, I don't, don't think it's been heavily documented, but reading between the lines, it seems like maybe he wasn't happy that he wasn't part of the team just that much. But I think he's got the right manager in play now if he's going to be developing as a player, both on the field and off it. And I thought today, especially in the second half, I thought he was fantastic. I think he really took the game to Johnson. He, feel, he felt like he was the, the biggest threat, in my opinion, in that second half, even though, you know, we had Rashford on the pitch at the same time. And I wasn't surprised to see him step up and score that goal and step up in that big moment because he was very much on the front foot. You could see some of the West Ham players getting tired from playing against him. And he's a huge, huge talent. Obviously, you know, we didn't see someone like Sancho playing today as well, but it just shows they do have that strength and depth. But in Garnacho, it feels like he's going to be a real star in the future. We've already gone too long without talking about the fact that Manchester United are in with a shot of winning a quadruple this season. I feel as though that keeps coming up all the time. So let me do that right now, now that we know that they've marched on to the quarterfinals. Stevie, 
What's more likely a win for them this season, the Europa League or the FA Cup? Europa League. And I'm saying the Europa League because Manchester City are still in the FA Cup. So right now, I would say Manchester City, if you were to push me, I would say they were my favourites to win the FA Cup. But did you have so a that's why I'm saying the, the Europa Arsenal, League. Arsenal are still in the Europa League. Uh, but, but also, didn't you have a feeling that Manchester United are favourites now in the FA Cup earlier today? No. Or am I mistaken? You're mistaken. Okay. Maybe I heard United. No, no, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll explain to you what happened. Okay. The odds came up for right. the FA Cup, and Manchester United was sitting second, second. behind Manchester, Manchester City. Manchester City. So they're still favourites. And West Ham were seven favourites. And I said, I'm going to stick my neck out and say that Man United are favourites for this game. Ah, uh, that's where my mistake is then. Yes. Okay, so I, I know what I say. And, okay, that's fine. Okay. My apologies, Stevie. <laughs> Shaka, um, Europa League or FA Cup? I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say FA Cup. Just because they're into the quarterfinals now. Um, the, the FA Cup, and as much as I take Stevie's point, that City are still in it. Um, one game elimination... Europa League until the final is, is, is home and away, whether that works in their favour or not. Um, but I, I just feel that they're, just, they're closer to the finish line, so I think the odds naturally are, are short as a result. Do you have a little thought on this, Casey? I think FA Cup. Uh, obviously, huge buzz in beating Barcelona, um, but I, I, I think FA Cup's going to tip it. All right. Well, Nadem, Man City TV, although Manchester United's lucky mascot as well right now. How, how concerned... He's <laughs> not happy. He's not happy with Sitting behind the goal. Sitting behind the goal. Practically in the dugout for Manchester United. Yeah, but he was whispering stuff. He looked like he was on the bench. He was whispering stuff to Ten Hag. I saw him. Have you got your spoon out today? Give me that on that. No, just going to this. Is it going to be a concern for Man City if Manchester United do win some more silverware this season? I don't understand why it's a concern for City. Like, more power to United if they do it. They deserve to do it. Like, I, listen, you call me Man City TV, but there's so many clips of me standing directly here in this position in front of this stadium. Maybe it's all just some sort of psyop. Maybe I'm actually MU, Man United TV, whatever it is. But yeah, I think, do you know what you need to do? I think last time I was on with you, it was myself, you and Luis Garcia. And he asked us, how many titles United win this season? And I, I went conservative. I went for two. Luis went for zero, Okay. So now that they've got one, can you ask him again how many it's going to be? And he's, if he's going to just stick with the lowest number he can, because I feel <laughs> like there's more to come here. I think the, uh, the Europa League is going to be very interesting because I know that Arsenal still in it and that could be a great tie if they end up playing each other. But United definitely have that momentum and they have a really good travelling fan base for those European nights. So I think I fancied him for that, to be honest. And then as for the FA Cup, you know, City are favourites and the draw will dictate what happens next. But yeah, I think they're going to be winning something else, but I just don't believe it's the Premier League. Uh, we know it's cold out there, Nadem, so we're not going to keep you much longer, but we must get your thoughts on the fact that Man City have been drawn against Burnley. That makes it all the more interesting with Vincent Company as the Burnley manager, doesn't it? 
Oh, it's going to be fantastic. I think there have been lots of City fans I know who have been asking the question, like, do you think Vinny will ever manage City? Will he ever manage City? Well, here's a chance to almost like have a mini CV. And I, I personally don't think there's any rush for him to potentially fill that role because at the end of the day, you know, he's 36, 37 years of age. I could see him managing City maybe in his 40s, maybe in his 50s, maybe never, who knows, but he's got so much time in that game. But I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how he sets up his team to play against the side, which I know that he admires so much. And interestingly, just to close off, when he came back from the World Cup break, his first game as Burnley manager was against QPR. And he contacted me to get some inside information about QPR, the club that I left three years ago. So now I imagine for this Man City game, you might try and ask me for some help. Vinny, I have no clue. Just hope for the best. <laughs> That's because you're working for Manchester United. <laughs> That's why. Anyway, Nadam, thanks so much for joining us today. We'll speak to you again soon. Cheers, guys. Let's turn our attention to some Premier League in a moment, but before we do, just a reminder that over on our YouTube page, there's a whole lot of talk. If you subscribe, you can keep up to date with all of it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Arsenal played their round seven makeup game against Everton and they did so in style, winning 4-0 and going five points clear at the top of the table now that they are level on games with Manchester City. Don was on the call for this game. How good are Arsenal, Don Hutchison? Unbelievable, Kay. I mean, there's context around the game because for 40 minutes of the game, I thought Everton, the away side, were absolutely fantastic. They never really looked like scoring, but they broke really well about four or five times. And then Saka scores the first goal on 40. Uh, then they get the Martinelli goal just before half time, which then takes the game completely away from Everton. But second half, it was an absolute mauling. It was four going on, six or seven. Um, there was Olays with about 20 minutes to go. They were keeping hold of the ball. Zinchenko was another top performer. I had Martin Odegaard as my man of the match. He scored one goal. Martinelli got two, but he ran the show. And then the perfect night on Mikel Arteta. He brought players off. He rested players. He then gave minutes to other players like Smith Rowe. And the stadium, K, with about, I don't know, 30 minutes to go, was absolutely bouncing. They had to work hard for the game, don't get me wrong, for the first half when they got the 2-0 lead. 
But second off, second off, they were absolutely electric. They were on fire, Arsenal. They were just a sensational watch. They were a beautiful sight to watch. It is such a young and exciting attack to watch, yeah. Stevie. Yeah. Well, I think it's being backed up with some great experience and better than average pro. You know, Shaka for a long time in the Premier League was looked upon as just a good player who's, who had had his time at Arsenal and it was time to move on. That was until Arteta appeared. This is not the same player. Not the same player. I don't know what Arteta's telling them. I don't know what he's doing with them. But this guy has taken a step forward and is a huge part of Arsenal being top of the league. It's certainly not something we would have said about Shaka. What, 18 months ago? Not a chance. Guy's absolutely brilliant. I think a lot of credit has to go to Mikel Arteta as well and, 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 to, and, and his transfers, which I, I, kind of, I, I think this January transfer window sums up how good he's been, how good, how good they've been. Frustrated with the Mudrick deal, Chelsea coming in and, and steal that away from them. And while a lot of talk around Chelsea was how much they spent and breaking all sorts of records, Mikel Arteta and Arsenal go about their business. They add, they add Trossard, they add Jorginho, give, give cover to, to, to players like Party, who sometimes is, is, is out a little bit injured too too often as they would like, but still important. Jorginho comes in and provides cover. Trossard comes in at the perfect time. Martinelli, who's, who has been simply outstanding, but he was going through a little bit of a lean spell. Trossard comes in, again, adds, adds depth to, to them. And, and it, it just seems absolutely seamless. And we are talking about a team sitting top of the table, not breaking the bank, bringing in players to, to, to add to the squad and make them better at, at, at the same time. And it, it speaks volumes to a, a manager who was under so much pressure, what, 12 or 18 months ago, now has them um, looking as good as anybody in, in not just English football, but in European football. Now has them as title favourites when we look at the odds makers. It's slight right now, but Arsenal are the title favourites as it stands at the top of the table with that five-point lead. Would you bet against them, Casey Keller? Not necessarily from what I've seen. What I really, I think, is is been a big credit was after the loss to Man City, the way they bounced back and just it, it didn't get to them. I think if we had seen a waiver after that and maybe there'd been a, a, a series of, of bad results, but they've reacted how you need to react. You, the fact that the competition level in, in this league is so strong and the fact that it, you're just going to go run away with it isn't going to happen. So you're going to have the odd result not go your way. But if you can consistently pick up the points and, and, and they've proven that so far that they can have the odd result and then take right back off. You know when you do a pros and cons list? I'm going to come to you with this, Don. If you're going to do the pros for Arsenal over Manchester City to win the title this season, what are they? Oh, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, the pros have got momentum for sure. They're a young side that might actually go against them. So that's a little bit of a contradiction from my part. But when you're flying and you're winning games at the top of the league and the pros, the big pros is they're five points clear. I don't think anyone at the start of the season would have had Arsenal top of the league five points clear. And the tricky thing, I think, for them a couple of weeks back when they went through a tricky few results and they lost a couple of games and drew one, I think, against Brentford. The Villa game, I think, is the turning point. They were 1-0 down in the Villa game. They got it back to 1-1. Then they went 2-1 down. So they were behind twice in the game and won it 4-2. And then they had two away games on the spin, Villa being one, Leicester being the other. You take six points from two away games, it sets you up nicely for two home games. 
They've ticked one off tonight, beating Everton. They've got Bournemouth next at home. They'd be massive favourites to win that game. So whenever they're winning games, you know, they're, they're, they're keeping that distance of five points. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Man City play an FA Cup game in a couple of weeks' time where obviously they're not going to play a Premier League game. But Arsenal do. So potentially the gap could be eight. So all of a sudden, psychologically, you know, City have got to try and reel them in. And they could be five behind. They could be eight behind. So momentum, certainly, I think, for Arsenal. Obviously, Stevie, you've come around to Arsenal in the title race mm. this year, but what are the potential pitfalls for them at this stage? Injuries. It's about it. Mm. I don't, if they don't have any injuries, I don't see anything changing. You know, Shaq is talking about the players they've brought in, which makes them a bigger and a stronger squad. And the players that, that he brought in, Trossard and particularly Jorginho, have shown that Already they know how to play the Arsenal way or the Arteta way, whatever. Whatever it is Arsenal do, they already look as though they're fitted in. And so for Arsenal, it's just about what they do. They don't care who the opposition is. It's, it's immaterial to them. This is how we play, and when we play at our best, we'll take anybody on. And they're just going along and doing what they do. So they, for me, the only thing that upsets this is injuries. Mm. Because defensively, I think they're the strongest team. In the middle of the park, they're as good as anybody. And going forward, I mean, potentially they're going to get better going forward because of the age of their players. So, absolutely. Gabriel Jesus started training again. Arsenal are where they should be, top of the league. It's, I, I, I'm, the only thing, I, I've been saying this. I think during the course of any season, every team goes through a bit of a rough patch. And it's how you manage that rough patch that almost determines where you finish. I'm not sure that Arsenal has had that. But then, to Casey's point, every time they've had a little bit of a setback, Arsenal just responded. Everton beat Arsenal a few weeks ago. And, and who would have thought, who would have thought that, judging from, from this performance? And it's, it's how, I, every time Arsenal has found themselves wanting this season, they have responded in, in a fashion that I, I didn't anticipate. So in, I, 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 I'm with Stevie. Unless there's a spate of injuries that you, that you just can't account for, you just don't see this Arsenal team stumbling long enough to allow the others to catch. The, the other side to, to that coin, and, and of course Manchester City sitting second right now, the Champions League, is, for me, is still City's holy grail. You can understand if, as long as Arsenal remains in, in the Europa League, Arteta decides to make changes I, in, in the Europa League, where I don't think Pep Guardiola has that luxury in the Champions League. They, have to win, they, they need to be winning the Champions League. So that, too, plays into uh, Arsenal's hands. OK, we're going to see how many of you think Arsenal are going to win the title. Casey? I do. You do? Stevie? Yep. yep. Well, right now, I know every Arsenal fan wants me to pick anybody but Arsenal. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Arsenal fans. I, I just, I, I think it's, it's Arsenal's to lose. I, I, I think yeah. Arsenal win it. Do you agree, Don? Uh, I don't know. Percentage There's something about Man City. Win it. <laughs> 55 45 <laughs> in their favour. <laughs> they look at the five-point different and a five-percent little. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do. I'll all do. right, all right, Don. Ten percent um, difference. You know, count. Will we? 
This we've got it with 10%. 10%. 10%. 10%. 10%. No, 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 10% have got a swing. A swing, little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying right. out of that. I'm staying out. I'm as good as Don as with maths. Right. All right. Oh, goodness. We do have to talk about the other side of this, though, Don. Mm. How much trouble are Everton in? Huge trouble, Kay. When you look at their away form, they've only scored one goal in eight. Now, the only thing that's keeping Everton sort of in touch, if you like, is because a lot of teams down there, Southampton haven't got a goal scorer. Bournemouth haven't got a goal scorer. Everton haven't got one. Leeds haven't got one. Forest haven't really got one. Crystal Palace are not an amazing side. Uh, and they play they play Nottingham Forest next away from home. So the league table could completely change with a win. The problem is the performance tonight for 40 minutes, as I said, Kay, was really, really good. But Everton don't score any goals. They haven't got a goal scorer on their books. Well, they've got one in Dominic Calvert-Lewin, but he's never fit. He's always injured. They can't get him, can't get him playing for a run of games. He plays one game. He's out for two and a half months. Ellis Sims is a young player that was scoring goals on loan. It's whether you give him his head. Neil Morpé played tonight. He was okay, some good touches, but never really looked like scoring. I think it's a bad time now Sean Dyche plays Damari Gray. For some reason, since Sean Dyche got the job, he's not really fancied him, where I think he's the only one really away from Dominic Calvert-Lewin. has actually got goals in his boots, so I think he's got to find a position for him, whether that's a false nine or a number 10, because at this stage of the season, I can remember playing for Everton when we were struggling in 97-98 and we went out and bought Kevin Campbell and he was the difference from us staying up or going down. You've got to have a goal scorer. All the teams at the top end of the league, they've got goal scorers. Middle sector of the Premier League, they've got goal scorers. The reason why you're on the bottom five or six is you haven't got a prolific scorer. That's Everton's problem. Liverpool will be made up with their make-up game against Wolves. It finished 2-0. Virgil van Dijk and Mo Salah, the scorers in this game. Two goals without reply. That's got to be a good thing, Stevie. A clean sheet as well. Oh, what? Jürgen Klopp <laughs> <laughs> was saying this week that he is not putting his side against going on one of those winning runs that we've seen his side characterised by in recent seasons. In that run for a top four finish. Now, you were a little bit more dismissive of that claim before the game, Steve. Honestly, but when we showed you the table, I feel that even you were getting a I'd bit say, more I know, but, yeah, but here's the thing, Kay. This is what's been happening. Is he hoping? It's up he and down and, and up and down and up and down. It's I mean, <laughs> I'm at the stage now, I don't know what to think. You know, if somebody offers you two goals and a clean sheet, it's like, wow, that is fantastic. Because it feels fantastic. Because it's not something they've really been able to do an awful lot of. And then you look at the table and you think, well, Newcastle's on the slide. Mm-hmm. Don't see that stopping. Spurs are spoozy. So, <laughs> you know, another win and all of a sudden they're in fifth. And then you're looking at Spurs and then you think, oh my goodness. And then all of a sudden, reality kicks in again. You're and sleeping you go, on Fulham, making a run? No, I don't see it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, reality kicks in. You go, well, hold on a minute. We're playing Man United next. At uh, Anfield. Yes, it's at Anfield. But right now, you don't feel as though United are going to lose. So, up and down. I really don't know wh- which way to think. I'm just looking at Liverpool's fixtures. Home to Manchester United, away to Bournemouth, you've got to fancy yourselves there. Yep. Got Real Madrid in Champions League. Home to Fulham, away to Manchester City, away to Chelsea. 
Home to Arsenal. No. It could be an Home to Arsenal. I mean, that is a is a big run of games right there. Don, what are your thoughts on them going on a run and securing that top four finish? I've got no confidence, Kay. Um, what, I, what, my takeaway, what my takeaway from tonight's game was, I looked at a lot of players tonight enjoying their football again. So that tells me they're coming back. Confidence is growing. As Stevie said, you know, the win's the win. Good performance, solid performance. Never really looked like a danger. The problem is, like Shaka said, he stole my thunder, really. The league table's healthy in terms of you can reel Newcastle in and you can reel Tottenham in. But you've got to beat Man City. You've got to beat Man United. You've got to beat Chelsea. I mean, those are not easy games. Newcastle, I still think, are dark horses. Can they respond? They've got two games in hand. They're the dark horses for the top four. Liverpool can do it because if there's any team in the Premier League that can put a run together, it's them. I've just not seen it on a consistent basis. So there's nothing for me to grab onto that suggests they're massive favourites for the fourth. And that is what Klopp said. He said, if there's any side that can do it, put a run together, it is us. Mm. Importance of seeing Mo Salah on the score sheet tonight, Stevie. Yeah, if Liverpool have any hope of getting to the top four, he has to start scoring regularly. And if he can lift his game a little bit, if, he, if his overall game can get better, it, it would be, make such a huge difference for Liverpool as far as being able to spend more time up the other side of the field. In the end, you have to start somewhere and they get the job done against a difficult Wolves team to break down then you go beat Manchester United in great form at home and then the expectation that you go to Bournemouth if they've picked up nine points in those three games then to to the point I'll start to believe I'll start to think that maybe that has turned around but until you see a group together a run together then it's still, is this just a one-off? Actually, you know, United are a good barometer because we, we were talking earlier about watching United playing right now. When you watch them playing, you don't think they're going to get beat. Mm. And you think that they're going to get a goal and steal a game or win the game or whatever it is. When you watch Liverpool right now, you don't feel that way. You're kind of waiting on something to go wrong right. as opposed to something to go right. So that's why... You can. But that's what I'm saying. Does that change your mind if you beat the team that is playing like that? Does that give you the thought that then well, maybe they've turned the corner? Ask me that question. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's Ask me that question once at arms. Some, sometimes things go your way, though. And in Fabinho's case tonight, oh. that absolutely mm. went mm. his way. Again. The fact oh. that he got a yellow card and not a red card. Let's take a look back at that moment. What did you make of this, Don? Well, I was on the other games, so this was part of our um, when the goals are getting run in and they put this tackle in and it was difficult to try and get a feel of the game, but just seeing it in isolation, I thought he was very lucky. I thought, I, th I think that can go either way. I've got no idea why Fabinho's left boot is so high. He's got that tackle in him. He's been lucky once or twice this season. If I was refereeing, I would have went red. Yeah. Let's is it back. a case where they just, it's a strong challenge against you. And then in that thought process of I'm going to protect myself, I'm going to show him for not, for tackling me that hard. Well, that's old school. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. When, you, when you and I were playing, yeah. that was accepted. Yeah. You looked after yourself. And the fact that you did in that way was, was okay. And, and everybody accepted it. Unfortunately, that's not the way it is now. So yeah. 
He's lucky to get away with that. Really. I, I like how the I like how the ex Liverpool guys are saying he's lucky to get away. That's a red card. <laughs> <open up. laughs> I don't know what the referee is thinking okay. there. What's another way of saying he should have got away? You're, you're just far too nice. There's no luck about that. That was just a blown call. That's a red card all day, every day. Could they come back and have a look at it retroactively? No. Okay. No, because at the he weekend, the he did it at the weekend. I can't remember the game, but he, he did it at the weekend and the... LM, yeah. whatever that group's oh, yeah. called. GMOL. Yeah, they came out and said it should have been a red, but yeah, nothing can do about it. With that. Yeah. Got away with that one. Very lucky, Shaka. Very lucky <laughs> for it not to have been a red. This is how things are looking for the weekend ahead. And it's going to be interesting to see what Stevie thinks after Ooh, Liverpool's look at that game with Manchester United Ooh, on Ooh, Sunday. Ba, 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 ba. And whether Arsenal can keep up this momentum against Bournemouth at the weekend too. Plenty of action to be looking forward to in the Premier League, including City against Newcastle too. Tottenham Hotspur were knocked out of the FA Cup by Sheffield United, flying high in the Championship. Just the one goal in this game, Iliaman and Dai deciding the tie. Are Spurs ever going to win a trophy, Casey? Um, <laughs> it's, it, at some stage, uh, yes. Just um, say no. <laughs> um, but I, I, what was the last trophy? 99? Is it? Am I right on the league? Yeah, um, but it's, uh, again, you know, frustrating for Spurs fans in, in almost the way they approach the game by not playing the strongest team they possibly could play. It was obviously a motivating factor for a, a Sheffield side that's probably going to get promoted. Uh, you know, we've got but, a Spurs fan in my year. It was 2008. Okay. Yes. Well, it League feels like the 90s. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> He's like 1899. <laughs> it is. It's one of those things. It feels like forever. Yes. But it's one of those things that I think the expectation has risen. At, at Tottenham with Champions League and Champions League final and all this, but just getting over that hump. We saw how difficult it was for Manchester United, who filled their trophy case for a couple decades mm. and then went into a barren spell, and, and something has to change for Tottenham. Okay. They, they all had a bit of a laugh at me today in the pre-show because I had to remind them that Spurs underestimated another championship team at this stage last year in the competition, that being Middlesbrough. And uh, they were beaten by them. So did they underestimate their opposition today by not playing a full-strength side, Stevie? Absolutely. Well, the, re the reason that they didn't play a full-strength side was because they thought they could win the game without them. Mm. And so if that doesn't smell of underestimating the opposition, then I don't know what does. Um, at the same time, the team you put out has to be motivated. Um, and at the very least, has to... F even though you're a better side, you have to fight for the right to play football. Nobody's going to stand back. Certainly not a championship team at home in an FA Cup tie. I'm not going to stand back and say, on you go and show us how good you are. They're going to get in around you. They're going to give you no time, no space, which is what Sheffield United did. And the opportunity that came their way, they took it. And all of a sudden, Spurs are out of the FA Cup and Sheffield United have drawn Blackburn. Yep. Mm -hmm. Spurs must be thinking, hold on a second, if we'd beaten Sheffield yeah. United, we'd got Blackburn at home and we'd be in the semi-final of the yeah. FA Cup. And again, I think if the Spurs fans lose to a Man City away or something like that, it's a, you, you can go, accept okay, it. Okay, you give a good fight, but when you do go to lower league opposition, lose, 
That's a tough one. On the flip side, though, Don, it's turning out to be quite the season for Sheffield United. Yes, <laughs> another one of my former clubs. Every time one of my clubs does well, it's like, yes, I was a part of that club for a little while. Uh, do you know what? It's brilliant for the City, Kay. It's an amazing club to play for. I mean, I was there for only two years before I moved to Everton, but I loved every minute of living in Sheffield and playing for Sheffield United. The fans are incredible. Uh, Bramall Lane's a terrific place to play your football, and that'll be hard, by the way, for Blackburn. Um, you know, Sheffield United can beat anyone. You know, I was looking at the Tottenham side there. I mean, yes, they, they underestimated Sheffield United, but they still had Richarlison, Hoybier, Lucas Mora, Son. So I question their attitude and, and, and their motivation to try and win the game. But credit Sheffield United. What a journey they're on, potentially going up and potentially getting in the uh, semi-finals. Here's a look at the rest of the fifth round results. Big news being that Tottenham were knocked out by championship side Sheffield United and League Two Grimsby in the FA Cup quarterfinals for the first time since 1939. This is how things will look in the draw. Vincent Company going back to Manchester City. Man United with another home tie, this time against Fulham. Brayton taking on Grimsby Town and Sheffield United against Blackburn. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tomorrow we're going to see the first leg of the semi-final between Real Madrid and Barcelona. Real Madrid want to basically give a big blow to Barcelona in this game. It is at the Santiago Bernabeu. It's a trio of Clásicos that we will be seeing because the league clash between the two is sandwiched in between them. Real Madrid are favourites going into this one. They're obviously hosting it first time around. Xavi also says that Real Madrid are favourites going into this one. Here he is. Madrid are favourites because they are La Liga and Champions League holders. We are a team still under construction. It's true that we've won a title, Spanish Super Cup, against them this season, but they're Real Madrid, a strong Real Madrid, doing very well in Europe. Routing Europe at their home stadium, right to Liverpool at their home stadium, they are the clear favourites tomorrow. So tomorrow, that is the game. El Clasico, Real Madrid against Barcelona. We'll find out if Real Madrid are favourites. 2pm Eastern, our coverage will start for that one. And this is the first of two between them with a Clasico sandwiched in between in the league as well.
This is the upcoming schedule for La Liga action. Real Betis will be taking on Real Madrid this weekend on Sunday. And Valencia, who are really struggling at the bottom end of the table, will be at the camp now to take on Barcelona. In the Bundesliga, it all gets underway on Friday with a massive game at the top of the table between Borussia Dortmund and Leipzig. Borussia Dortmund, perfect so far in 2023. Can they keep it up against one of their title rivals in Leipzig? Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. That was a bit of a fly by the seat of your pants, fly by the yeah, <laughs> you say, right? Like extra time's coming next, and they're going to be answering your questions. Don's going to be with us too, so stick around. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. We've got a lot of people with us today. Casey, Stevie, Shaka, and Don also with us. Been watching a lot of football today, it is fair to say. Don was on the call for Arsenal's win over Everton today. First question is about that, Don. For Don, would you consider Saliba and Gabriel the best centre-back pairing in the Premier League this season? Good question. Um, Halfway through the season, I thought Cher and Botman would rival that. Uh, Lissandra Martinez and Varane. Uh, Go on, I'll give him it. Must be an Arsenal fan. I'll give him that. Saliba and Gabriel. How far are you off that being them being the best, Stevie? No, I wouldn't disagree with that. I'm not. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Gabriel, to be honest. But he hasn't made a lot of mistakes this year, so yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. For all the guys, what's the biggest FA Cup upset you were a part of, either the winning side or the losing side? How can this question come today and not yesterday? When I was at Millwall. Away at Stanford Bridge, beating one Craig Burley in penalty. <laughs> <sighs> so, yes, at Millwall, we had a couple great FA Cup wins. We beat Arsenal at Highbury and then followed that up in the next tie in a replay, beating Chelsea at Stanford Bridge. So, a couple fun moments at Millwall. Um, I, the two that come to mind, I spoke about one yesterday. Um, Portsmouth at home to Manchester United. But probably uh, for West Ham at Old Trafford in the game which became famous for the Canyon scoring when Fabian Bartes tried to raise his arm and catch... They beat them in, the, in that, yeah. Yep, I, I was on the pitch for that one. Uh, we won that one, one at Old Trafford, so I'll go with that one. That's my biggest. You know, I wish I'd asked you today in the coverage. I was going to ask you if you were involved in that one when I saw the... Uh, yes, the old I, yes, I was. Yeah. Very feisty, Stevie. Um, I have to say... You won a couple, didn't you? Yeah, I'd have to say on the winning side, 
For Doncaster Rovers, being non-league, it was the first time I'd ever played in the first round of the FA Cup. And we played Southend, who were in the third division at the time. So that was two leagues up from us. And we beat them 1-0 away. It was fantastic. Mm. Yeah, and if, in case you didn't know, Stevie scored in three different leagues. Yes, that's, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right? Yeah. <laughs> the non-league being one of them. <laughs> USL. It's got in one goal. It's got one goal in each of those three leagues. <laughs> Can we add a few Four, more? Yeah. Four. 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 USL. <laughs> yeah, USL ah, over, the, over here in the States. <laughs> yeah. So that's four. You're, You're welcome. Thank you. Eat your heart out, Ronaldo. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> we need to change the bio. Ronaldo, oh, Ronaldo, Ronaldo never scored in the USL. <laughs> no. Look at that. Not. Ask him for that. Don't he never played in the first round of the FA John, what about your FA Cup upsets? Uh, mine, and I'm pretty sure Stevie played in it, was a game at Bolton, live on TVK, at Burnham Park. And it was in the winter time, and Bolton turned the undersoil heating off. So it was honestly, it was, was a danger to every player. It was an leg. ice rink. Wasn't it, Stevie? It was an ice yeah. rink. And we yeah. found ourselves 2-0 down at half-time. Graham Souness was the manager. He went ballistic at half-time. He smashed cups off everyone's heads, off the <laughs> walls, teapots crashing everywhere. He went he went crazy. Yeah. We got a 2-2 draw out of the game, Stevie. We thought the job was done. Got them back to Anfield. And they beat us, was it 1-0? 2-0. 2-0. Beat us 2-0, yeah. Yeah, I, I, oh. I do remember, because I, I did my ribs in the game, because I never played in the replay because of it. But the funny thing about that, with Don's talking about sooner, so he came in and he got his arm and he just went like that, right? And so the, the teapot, the cups, and a lot of them had already been poured out, <laughs> right? And so Ronnie Moran is standing. <laughs> He's actually standing there straight ahead. <laughs> and I was sitting on his left. And it was like, you know when you've got a drip in your tap? It was like a drip of tea coming off his nose. It just kept dripping off his nose. So well good, well good. So this is screaming at everybody and everybody's standing there in silence. Ronnie's got this drip of tea. And I'm sitting like this, watching it drip off his nose. It would have been even funnier if you could just hear the drip. Oh, I was like that, watching it. Ah. Oh, I like it. Right, yes, Shaka, United have had six wins in FA Cup history over West Ham, whose last victory over United was 22 years ago when Di Canio controversially scored past Barthes. It wasn't controversial at all. <laughs> there was nothing controversial about it. I meant to ask you, actually, but I never got around to it, yeah. so I'm glad you answered that. All right, for the Scotsman, what was Sir Alex like before he joined Manchester United? Could you predict how he would transform the club? Oh, that's not what I thought was coming. What was you like before he joined my... Well, no, I can give you the same answer, just a little twit. So, Alex Ferguson at Aberdeen. You talk about... Not a tyrant, tyrant's not the word. But every single person in that building, including the owners, was scared stiff of him. I went to play in a, a testimonial for one of his players uh, in the early 80s. And we were, we, they had a, a little snooker table and underneath by the, the changing rooms, and we were, we were playing.
snooker just before the game and all the young lads, all the young Aberdeen boys were there and we were all standing there. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm just about to hit a shot and then there was silence. And I'm like, is this for me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and Fergie had walked in and every, honestly, every single one of them went like that. It was almost like they were like soldiers. Headmaster. Oh, the, aye, the, the man was in town. And so that reputation carried on throughout football, because football's a small world, so all those stories go. So when we go to the World Cup in 86, and Fergie's going to be our manager, and we're going to be away for like at least four weeks, probably six weeks, and we're like, oh, here we go. We're going to be locked up. You know, it's going to be like, oh, it's going to be like being in prison. Anyway, the first couple of weeks was okay in the warm-up games and we were allowed to have a beer or two. Anyway, when we got to the hotel we were staying at, as soon as we got, got there, the bus stopped and the message went out, meeting in the foyer, get your bags in, straight down, meeting. And we thought, oh, here we go, this is it, this is lockdown. So Alec got us in there and we're all sitting there and he stood up and he went, Right, if you're going to go out and have a few beers, come in the back door. Don't be walking in the front door after <laughs> we were all like that. What? <laughs> is this Alex? Is this That's really, good is this really good Alex Ferguson? <laughs> <laughs> so somebody's went, uh, uh, boss, how many beers are we allowed? <laughs> Was it you? He's went, he's went, look, just be sensible, but I'm telling you, all the press guys are going to be around. Don't be walking in the front door after having a few beers. Get yourself around the back. Okay, see you at dinner. And off we went. We were like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> so he's a legend. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, I love it. All right, Don, how can players like Fred, Wan-Bissaka and others be so poor under different managers but play so well under Eric? Is Eric that good or what's going on here, Eric? Uh, well, Eric is that good, but it comes down to a manager having authority, Kay. Uh, mm. And as I said on the show a couple of days ago, I thought probably two or three players took liberties under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I thought five, six or seven took a lot of liberties with Ralph Ranić. Then you get a Fergie manager in like Ten Hag, and all of a sudden the players are like, oh, we've got to behave ourselves. I've seen an interview with uh, Bruno Fernandes a couple of days back uh, before the cup final, and he said... Basically, he was saying, um, you know, about Eric Ten Hag, if you don't do it, you've, you're gone, you're history. That's what players need. You know, I don't know how the lads felt in terms of what players they play, or managers they played under that got the best out of them. But I played under people like Peter Reid and Graham Souness. I needed that fir firm hand where you respect your manager, but you're also a little bit fearful. And I think this group of players now, and I keep going back to the Ronaldo scenario, he won that chess match with him. Then he dropped Marcus Rashford because he was late for a team meeting. There's another box ticked. He had uh, a different side of, of managing with Jaden Sancho because it's a mental side. He had to make sure that he give him time to come back. But I guarantee you the, the younger players at Man United will be so afraid of Eric Ten Hag that will sharpen all their focus. And as the question said, that drifts into the likes of Fred and Scott McTominay and even the top boys. They're afraid of the manager. That has to be a good thing. What are some of the privileges, I'm going to ask you all this, what are some of the privileges you enjoyed when you were a player and which, which do you miss the most? I think there's a few fun little perks. Um, 
You know, one of them is a lot of times the, particularly playing for three London clubs, is knowing that your schedule's not a lot of times your own. So you can't make plans in advance. But being able to go into a decent restaurant, pop your head in and make sure there's a table available for you is a, is a pretty darn good perk. I knew it was going to be the old VIP list in the West End. It's a, well, oh. that wasn't my scene, <laughs> but I, I didn't mind a good meal. And, and obviously London has a great restaurant scene and having that ability to, 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 because you don't have the ability to say, okay, in six weeks, Let's go Saturday night because then we're going to get a terrible result and you don't want to be seen out in town. So knowing that, oh, good result, let's go out, let's have a good meal and know you could get in. I like how Casey skillfully backed away from, I never went to nightclubs. Did you, I, see, did you see Don's reaction when I said London's West End? Right, yeah, well, 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 you know, Don. There's a, there's a reason why you two didn't see me. Shaka. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm with Casey in that, um, you want it, you want the table, you want to get, get to a restaurant, they're going to accommodate you. Um, in, in, in most instances, you, from a sporting perspective or a goalkeeper's perspective, you need gloves. Yep. They, they're going to show up they're regardless. Show up. You, need yep. a new, you need a new pair of boots or cleats. They're going to show up. You don't have to worry too much uh, uh, about those things. Uh, and even within the club, there, there's just so much that's taken care uh, for you. You need a massage, what, what treatment you need. You, you, every, everything's taken care of um, in, in a way that I, I, I sorely miss. Nice. Don, given that you played for 54 different clubs, which one did you get the best perks with? Um, probably not a club, but probably Scotland, international duty. So for, for a young lad playing for Scotland, um, under Craig Brown, it was brilliant. He, they tried to take care of all the needs and try to take a lot of weight off the lads' shoulders just so they could think about the game. And I remember my first couple of trips when you take your bag and your suit and everything that you've got to take, it was literally, we had a guy who literally held your passport so you didn't lose it. He took care of your bags and you literally, wherever you were going, if it was San Marino, if it was Germany, Italy, Spain, wherever you were going, you would literally give this guy Apart from your passport, you give them your bag and your suit and you literally wouldn't see it until you got to your hotel room and then it was laid out in the bed for you. So you literally couldn't lose anything. It was amazing. The biggest the biggest downside, I can remember at Christmas time playing for Sunderland down at West Ham. I think it was West Ham or Tottenham. And we got battered and we were meant to stay down so we could go to the West End. So we go to my favourite nightclubs, which were Emporium and Legends. <laughs> and we got battered, and it was a, it was a Christmas party. Uh, yeah. And I had my I fancy Emporium. dress. I had my fancy dress suit, waiting down at London in a hotel for me. And Peter Reid gave us the dreaded news: none of us are staying down. You're all coming back on the coach, yep. all oh. the way back to Sunderland. <laughs> got it. No. <laughs> got it. Oh, Kingley Street. I remember those yeah. days, Don. The Emporium. Yeah, amazing. I, I don't know anything about that. Uh, but I Never bet, heard I bet Shaq has been to the Emporium. Never been. Never, been. Never been, been to Emporium. Been the Emporium. Never been. Yeah, those were his, but he's never been. Never been. China White. Never been. <laughs> Leave off, Shaq. You've been to China White. Never been. Sugar Reef. Never been. Don't believe it. Thank how he knows all these places. <laughs> exactly, never been. Just know, know. never been. <laughs> Just know, never been. Stevie, <laughs> you, you must have a little time no, to tell him. Listen, the best thing is you don't have to queue at the bar for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs>
<laughs> it doesn't okay. get simple things. Seriously. There's a lot of things. There is nothing worse in life than having to stand for ten minutes when you're empty <laughs> and you're like that and you're trying to get the barman singing, you're doing this and you're trying to get a beer. It's like three deep and all the rest of it. That drives me insane. <sighs> but when you're a big Liverpool star like that, is everyone just buying you drinks when you go into a bar? I think that's, no. a, that's a myth. Ah, that's a that, that, yeah. You get the odd one. Yeah, exactly. But but yeah. No. Because they, they know what you're being paid. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, why, they why am I buying you a beer? Oh, that's, we'll that's let you the, to the front of the bar, but you can get the round in. That's the one. Yeah. Just one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I uh, love it. Bandy. All right. Well, well, we'll see if we can continue to grill Shaka on which clubs what? he did frequent during his days in London. What? Never been? We'll be back tomorrow and do it all over again. Embassy? Never been? Think, <laughs> <laughs> <Big> fellas? <laughs> Never been? <laughs> Brainstorm. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Microwave. Air conditioning. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/fc. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/fc now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/fc.